Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Hey, good morning everyone. Good morning to you in the room and good morning to those watching online. Isn't that just a great story? So fantastic this moment. It's so lovely to be able to see your faces. Well, half your faces, if you know what I mean. So lovely to see your eyes and to have people here in the room. And I know people are connecting online as well. It's been 57 weeks since the last time we had people here for a Sunday morning service. 57 weeks. And here we are. And yet we have face masks on and we, quite, we can't mingle yet in the way that we want to mingle and talk to one another. But today is a significant step in the life of our church. It really is a significant moment as we start to have in-person meetings again. And I'm just so grateful to God. I'm so grateful to God for this moment. I'm so grateful to God for all that he has done through the last year. We've just heard a great story of how God has been working in people's lives through all the challenges and the trials. I'm grateful to God for his faithfulness Wasn't it great just to have the worship team lead us in that hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Just beautiful to celebrate that. I'm so grateful to God for his faithfulness. I'm so grateful to God that the COVID cases in our nation are falling. I want to give God glory and thanks and express my gratefulness to him today. I'm grateful to God today for this moment. Sun is shining, got people connecting online, people connecting in the room. It's an exciting day. And just to say, other things in the church are beginning to shift again as well. The building is getting much busier again. External hires are coming in. And Home Coffee House is going to be opening in two weeks' time, um, Tuesday, 4th of May. Um, Takeaway only to begin with, but then as regulations lift, we'll have it fully open once again. I am so looking forward to eating one of Sam Marson's homemade sausage rolls. It's been one of the greatest losses of the last year. Um, Do you know, actually, Sam Marson is here this morning. He's with the tech team that make the live broadcast happen. It's not in this room. It's in another room in the auditorium. There's a whole team working flat out to make live stream available. And Sam is here doing that. And um, we're just so grateful for that team that have served week in, week out to make church possible. And also for our tech team here, um, we're just grateful for all of them. So as we take these small steps uh, as a nation and as a church out of lockdown, I really felt God wanted to use me today to just encourage us as a church to think about our future uh, and what may be ahead of us and how we navigate some of that. And this was actually, um, this talk really developed on a, off the back of a prophetic word that um, Tim bought. Was it at a staff prayer meeting? I think it was a staff prayer meeting. Tim had a prophetic word that he shared. And um, I really felt it resonated. And I've just been reflecting on that and praying into that. And so this message is developed from that today. And the, this is a few weeks ago now. Tim just shared with us as a staff team. How he had been working through his regular Bible readings, his daily Bible readings, and came and was reading about the story of the Israelites who were in in captivity in Egypt. And then they, um, through Moses, God raised Moses up, led them into the desert. They were heading towards the promised land. And they'd been in slavery. We read about this story in Exodus in the Old Testament. The Israelites had been in slavery. God God raised Moses up. They'd seen God do amazing things. 
like incredible acts of power. They've seen him separate the Red Sea and cross over on dry land. They've seen this incredible provision of God. But they were living as a nomadic people in the deserts, out of Egypt, in the wilderness. And in that time, every single day, as they were in the wilderness, God provided for them. Provided for them miraculously water and food and cared for them. And yet the Israelites, even though they had seen God do so much for them, they regularly complained and they regularly grumbled and they regularly said this, we should have stayed in Egypt. It was better if we'd been back in Egypt. Egypt was known. Egypt was familiar. Egypt was certain. Even though they were in slavery in Egypt, time and again, if you read the story, the Israelites said, we should have stayed there. At least we had food and water and homes there. They kept looking back to Egypt. But ahead of them was the promised land. Ahead of them was everything that God had promised their ancestors. Uh, A land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, This was their inheritance. God had promised this to them. So ahead of them was the promised land. Behind them was Egypt, but right now they were in the desert, in the wilderness. And Tim said he felt like for us, it's like a similar season for us, that, you know what I mean, things have changed uh, and the future is uncertain, but we know there's promises, but right now it may feel like we're in a bit of a desert experience, a bit of a wilderness experience. I mean, the experience of desert life for the Israelites was challenging and unsettling and uncomfortable, challenging, their future uncertain, their present reality challenging, I guess in some ways much like the last year of our lives. Present challenging, future uncertain. And because of that, because the present is challenging and the future is uncertain, it can be so easy for us to think, just like the Israelites thought, And this was the heart of Tim's words. Oh, I wish we could just go back to what it was. I wish we could go back to what was familiar and what was known and what is certain. But the heart of Tim's words, and really what I want to speak about today, is that this is not a time to look back to what it was like, church and life. Nor is it a time to simply set up camp and stay static where we are. It's a time for us to look forward to the promises of God for us as a local church. And even though the future is uncertain, to be thinking through, well, how, God, can we faithfully follow you into the future that you have for us? Even though right now it may feel like for some of us we're living in a bit of a desert experience. And today, like I've said, I believe today is a significant marker in the ground. It may only be a small step as we gather 50 or so in the room today, but I believe it's a significant step because I believe it's like a marker that speaks of the fact that we're we're shifting from what is into actually a new future together as a church and what might some of that look like for us together. A season when we're beginning to gather in person again as well as continuing online and it's not a time to wish we could simply return to how things were, it's a time to look forward Now, I know you may have heard me say this before, but I want to say it again today. You know, God has not been absent in the last 12 months. God has not been surprised by these events, um, these extraordinary events that we have been living through together. Now, God has been at work in some extraordinary ways. 
Like we've just heard, I mean, that story of Stephen and Claire that could be repeated many times over. God's done some amazing things, so he's not surprised by these events. And yeah, it's not been a comfortable year for us. And yeah, there's been a lot of challenges. And yeah, there's been a lot of change. And yeah, there's been loss. And I'll say it personally, I found the last year so very challenging. But I believe... I believe God's purposes will prevail on the earth. I believe that actually he is going to use this whole situation for his glory in the nations on the earth. I believe he has, he wants to continue to lovingly shape us as a local church and mold us to be the church he's called us to be. And it's important that as a local church, we are positioning ourselves for all that God wants for us for the future. Like, The Apostle Paul, who in the Bible in Philippians said this, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God's called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Paul says, look, I'm not looking back to what it was, but also I'm not going to stay static where I am, I'm straining, you know, have that sense of I'm straining towards what God has for me in our future. And I want to encourage us today to be a people that looks towards what God is calling us to in the future. So what are those things? Well, there's, there's a lot about the future is still very unknown, very uncertain. We know that. It's unprecedented days that we're living in. Um, but I want to just say a few things uh, for us as a local church, about our future, um, that it's important for us to know this is where we're heading. It's not everything, but a few important things I felt I should say today. Firstly, I just want to talk about the importance of in-person meetings. Um, it's why today is a significant day, because gathering together matters. It really matters, and um, we still have a long way to go. And of course. We're going to continue to follow government guidance, and there are things we can't yet do yet, and there are many steps ahead of us. But for anyone that might say, well, you know, we've done church online for a year. Do we need to regather again in person? Let me just say, yes, 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 a hundred times yes. Absolutely, we need to. The church gathered matters. Corporate worship matters being able to welcome the presence of God together, these things matter. Creating a place for people to come and belong who are isolated, that matters. It matters. Hebrews 10, 24, 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Let's not give up meeting together. Now listen, I know that not everyone is able or feels ready to return to in-person meetings. I know that. We've got a long journey ahead of us. And I know for some, you may not be able to return to in-person meetings because of health concerns or other reasons. And other people have connected with us and they don't live in Mid-Sussex and they haven't yet found a local church where they live. And for all those reasons and many others, we will continue online. And I'll explain a little bit more about that in a moment. But let me encourage you today. If you can return to church when you're ready, 
make that step. I know what it's like trying to engage with church online at home. Um, we've got a busy house. And um, in our house, there are lots of distractions to church online. And um, we try and worship as a family together, but it's not always easy. And it may be more convenient to do church at home, but we're called to be a people, a community. We're called to encounter God together. And a year is a long time not to gather with the church family. And I get it. There's things we can't do yet that we love to do and we'd long to do, but I want us to continue to highly value meeting together. Now, might our in-person meetings look different than before? Yes, they may well do. And might God lead us to do some new things together? Yeah, I believe that he will. But will our value of in-person meetings change? Not at all. That's the first thing about our future. But second thing as we think about our future, it's important for me to state that online church will continue. Our future will be a church that is in-person and online. One of the things that's been so exciting about this last year has been the way that we've been able to harness technology in such a positive way. And nationally, there are some incredible statistics um, about what's happened over the last 12 months. One survey suggests that 25% of all adults in the UK have in the last year engaged with church online in some way. 25% of the nation. That's extraordinary. It's absolutely incredible. And we, we've already heard this morning of the impact that church online can have. Now, Stephen and Claire's story exists because we were online. They could connect with that. So having, church made, having made church more accessible to people by putting it online, helping people to connect with the church if they can't be here in person, seeing the impact of lives being changed through church being online, being able to connect with people actually around the world, um, which is exciting. Recognizing we live in a world of Amazon and Netflix and Zoom, it would be foolish for us, having learned so much, to then not continue to seek and develop what we're doing online together as a church. So our future is going to be in person and online together. Third thing about our future, we will continue to develop our Love Your Neighbor ministries, which is every way we're seeking to continue to support our community through our cars ministry and our king's money advice center and our rework program helping to encourage people back into work and we've run two um, programs now rework another one starting soon through our hamper projects and our partnership with hoping to action mid sussex and the great work angie's been doing supporting parents and support groups and new initiatives all of that will continue to develop because this pandemic is having and will continue to have an absolutely devastating impact on the most vulnerable in our communities. And there's an escalating mental health crisis in our nation. And child poverty is on the increase. And the gap between rich and poor continues to widen. And it's happened in our generation, guys. And so it's a moment for the church to say, okay, we will step up and be the hands and feet of Jesus to our local communities. Because the need is great and it will continue to increase. And the call to the church to serve the vulnerable and those without a voice is on every page of the Bible. The state can't fit all the gaps and nor should they. It's time for the church to shine like never before in our nation. Doing good works for Jesus' sake because the gospel must be good news to the poor. And the faith we profess must be welded together in action. So love your neighbor is going to be a huge part of our future together. And um, I'm excited about that. And fourthly, our future together, I want to say this. 
our future will need to prioritize ministry to children and young people. Because there's a generation of children and young people who have not been able to attend church for over a year. And listen, I'm 45 years old. I know you can't believe that looking at me this morning, but I am. Um, The last 13 months of my life have not been easy. I've I've struggled um, at times in it. But I'm 45. When you're 11, the last year has been like 10% of your life. I've got 28 years of Christian experience behind me and truth and knowledge that has helped to sustain me through the last year. But there's a generation who have lost so much at such a critical time of their lives. And our teams have done an amazing job. And they're doing an amazing job this morning, right now. Angie and her team and Harry and his team continuing to connect with children and young people. But it's not the same as face-to-face ministry. And therefore, our future will need to prioritize children and youth ministry. This was a pressing need before COVID, by the way. 95% of all children in the UK had no connection to a local church at all. Post-COVID, this is now a critical and urgent priority for local churches to prioritize children and young people's ministry. So it's four things. It's not exhaustive, but I just wanted to lay those out this morning because I think they're important for us. And as we draw in, there's just two lessons I want us to learn going back to the story of the Israelites in the desert that are going to be so important for us going forward as a local church. And the first is this, the lesson of simple obedience. The future is uncertain, so we will need to learn afresh how to follow God in simple obedience. Now, when the Israelites were in the desert, God literally guided them every day. We read it in Exodus 13. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so they could travel by day or night. The Israelites only moved when God said, we're moving. And there's not a few of them. There were two million people in the desert, the Israelite community. They did not know what the next week would be, or the next month, or the next year. It's just when God moved, they moved. We want to be a church that follows God like that, that lives in simple obedience. They knew ultimately they're heading to the promised lands. They didn't know the route that they were going to get there. They had to live with incredible flexibility. Listen to this, Numbers 9. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tent, the Israelites set out. Wherever the cloud settled, the Israelites encamped. At the Lord's command, the Israelites set out. At his command, they encamped. And this was a key part of Tim's prophetic word, that God is calling us to live with simple obedience. At the Lord's command, they set out. At the Lord's command, they stopped. When God moves, we move. When God speaks, we act. We want to be a church characterized by faith and obedience. And this will require us to live with some flexibility, okay? some adaptability. Listen to what the Israelites had to live through. Again, Numbers 9. Sometimes a cloud was over the tabernacle only a few days. At the Lord's command, they'd encamp, and then at his command, they set out. Sometimes a cloud stayed only from evening till morning, and when it lifted in the morning, they set out. And whether the cloud stayed over the tabernacle for two days, or a month, or a year, the Israelites would remain in camp and not set out, but when it lifted, they would set out. Sometimes, just imagine this, two million people getting uncamped, like camping out for a whole evening, and then the next morning the cloud moves again, and two million people have to pack up their tents and start moving. Anyone been camping know how logistically challenging it is to set up a tent for just one night. 
here's two million people. And sometimes they would, kind of the cloud would stop and they'd say, right, okay, well, unpack everything, guys. We're setting up camp by the looks of things. They get everything out. They set up their beds. They cook a meal. In the morning, the clouds move and they're like, right, okay, so right, we're on our way again. Sometimes they would camp and they would be in the same place for a year. They'd look out the tent. We moving? No, we're not moving. Okay, we'll stay. What adaptability. You can't make your plans that way, can you? You're trusting to follow God. One of the questions I've asked over and over again in the last year is, Lord, why have you allowed this pandemic to happen now? Why in our generation? Why at this moment in history? What are you saying to your church? So much has been stripped away. What do you want us to know? And I think one of the things that God may want his church to be is less reliant on our plans and more reliant on his leading. Less reliant on our strategies, more reliant on his spirit. It's much safer to rely on our own plans because we're in control then. But actually, the future is going to call us to live with a stripped-back, radical trust and simple obedience. When God speaks, we act. When God moves, we follow. The second thing we can learn from the Israelites is this, that when they moved forward, they moved together. The whole community, two million people, they moved together. It wasn't just a few that followed the cloud, said, okay, we'll go, we'll report back where it goes. No, no, it was the whole community, sons and daughters, mothers and fathers, grandparents and grandchildren, eccentric aunties and awkward uncles, sheep and goats. When the cloud moved, everyone moved together. They moved into their future together. Guys, I'm making an appeal to you in the room and to all you watching online We need to move together into what God's called us to as a church. Everyone's experience of the last year has been different, okay? Some, they've experienced great loss. Um, Some have actually experienced gain in the last year. Some have found Jesus this last year. Others have struggled to connect with Jesus this last year. Some are thriving. Some feel like they're only just surviving. One thing does not change in his church God's designed us to need one another, whatever our experience of the last year has been. You may be watching this. You may be struggling to engage with God right now. Maybe in the room, struggling to engage with God right now, but you're here today. Let me encourage you. Don't withdraw from community. Jesus gave himself for a church, for his church, a community. He knew that we would need one another. And the Bible tells us in hundreds of places that we are created for community. We can't say we don't need one another. It's why life groups matter so much in our church. But they're so important. It's why praying together matters so much. It's why meeting together so ma- matters so much. You know, in our life group that Dominique and I lead, we've been meeting on Zoom. And it is Zoom, but it's actually been brilliant because we've been able to connect regularly, pray together, support each other. We need one another. I, I may be speculating here a bit. I reckon there are some in the Israelite community who at times were like, oh, really? Do we really have to pack up camp again? I mean, we've only just landed here. Can we not just stay here a little while? I've got used to my tent being here. Please, can I just be here? I reckon it took others in the community to say, no, come on. Remember, we need to follow God. Remember our promises. Remember we're heading somewhere. Remember there's a future. Come on, let's go together. Let me help you pack up your tent. 
We're going to need a season in church life where we're helping one another step into the future God has for us together. It's um, a guy called Brian Houston who leads Hillsong Church, and he once said this, Great churches aren't built on the gifts or talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. You know, our church will not be built on the gifts of a few, but on the sacrifices of everyone saying, right, God's moving, come on, we're in. We're in. Churches aren't built on the gifts of a few. Like I said earlier, church is happening right now in here and online because there's a team of about, I think there's about eight people on the technical team here today. Um, do you know, some of those have been here nearly every week for months making church online happen. Volunteers, they're not on staff, volunteers. Churches happen because of the sacrifices of many. Churches are built on the sacrifices of many. Amazing. I just want to honor that team right now. But that team, the technical team, needs more help. Could you be a solution to that? Could you say, yeah, come on, in person, online, I'll get involved, I'll get built into this. You don't have to be an expert technician. It's a very creative, fun team to be part of. You can get trained what you need to do. So I'll help make this work. For those in the room and those connected online, I'll help. We need more people on that team. We're only going to be able to grow and develop our Love Your Neighbor ministries if all of us say together, yeah, we recognize this is what the local churches are called to do, to be good news for those who are vulnerable and broken. We'll play a part. Loads of ways to get involved. I was chatting to Tor this week. who um, She heads up our King's Money Advice Center. Um, offering free, brilliant debt advice to people in financial difficulty. She said, Jim, I just need someone who can give me a couple of hours admin support a week. Just, is there anyone you know who might be able to volunteer a couple of hours? Because I just, that's a real need that I have at the moment. Could that be you? A couple of hours a week to help people get out of debt? We've got Hope Into Action, our houses, our partnership with Hope Into Action Mid-Sussex. Um, we need more befrienders. There's training coming up in May, drawing alongside people and saying, yeah, I'll be a friend, I'll be a support, I'll be an encouragement. We'll only be able to serve a generation of children and young people if we have the number of team necessary to serve a generation of young people and children. Um, we can't run things safely without certain ratios, and at the moment we can only offer kids and youth ministry on a fortnightly basis um, because of resource means we're unable, actually, to cater for all the children and young people that are on our books. A generation who are at risk of dropping out of church. If we had more team, it mean we have more capacity. And I know there's a process in this. This isn't all immediate. I know there's vaccinations and everything else. But don't stay static in a tent when God's calling us to a future together. Great churches aren't built on the gifts or talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And there will have to be sacrifices, but hey, following Jesus has always been ultimately about sacrifice anyway. So guys, today is a small step, just a small step, but a significant one. The present is still challenging, the future is uncertain, but I'm making an appeal to us today. Do not look back and say, I wish we could just go back there. There does not exist anymore. There has gone, but God still has promises for our future. There are things ahead of us for a local church. Absolutely believe that. Guys, I wonder if you can come up. That would be fantastic. Let's not look over our shoulder and say, I wish we could go back there. But also, let's not just set up camp in the desert. And so this has become familiar now. I've got used to this. This is convenient. I don't really want to have to move again. Just got used to this. Now, there's a future that God's calling us to together. 
Let's be a people ready and mobile, flexible, ready to follow God together. When the cloud moved, the whole nation moved. Let's follow Jesus together. Why don't we stand to our feet a moment? You may want to do this at home as well. If you're watching this online, we're going to worship together. But I do just want to pray before we do. Guys, I do believe that this is um, a once-in-a-generation moment. As we um, have these steps out of lockdown, there's a moment for the church (laughs) to shine like stars in the universe. There's going to be great need and great pain, and there's going to be national healing that's needed, individual and national healing. People are going to need community. It's a generation of children and young people who are lost so much, so much being robbed away. And it's like, well, what are we as the local church called to be the hands and feet of Jesus? There's never been a moment like this in our lifetimes to say, the gospel is for now. This good news is for now. God, let your kingdom come now. Let the church be the church now. And I want to encourage us to look into the future, not with eyes of fear, but with eyes of great faith, because he is faithful. And he's not surprised by this. There's moments like, God, let your kingdom come and let me be the answer to that. And there'll be a choice. There will be a choice to stay camped up. So now I've got familiar with this. It's inconvenient to think, oh, we're shifting again, we're changing again, we're moving again. But yeah, we are. Because there's a nation in need. And the gospel is good news for everyone. So as we come to sing this song, I just want to pray. And I want to pray, maybe right here, you're just feeling God speak to you. I want to pray that the Holy Spirit may come and do something in our hearts for his name's sake and for his glory. And at home, I'd encourage you to respond as well. Father, we need you. This last year has been hard, challenging in so many ways. And we know, Lord, we're not out of it yet. There's so much uncertainty. Lord, we do want to be a people that follows the cloud. We do want to be a people that says, when God speaks we act. When God moves, we move. We don't want to be stubborn. We don't want to be sentimental, looking over our shoulder and saying, if only we could be back to what it was. No, we want to live in trust and obedience. We pray for our nation. We pray for Mid-Sussex. We pray for your church. Help us to shine bright, Lord. It's not us, it's you in us. And I pray, Lord, that we would be a company filled with the Spirit of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, bringing good news by the Spirit of God. Help us to follow you well, Lord. And I pray we'd, we'd move together, Lord. I pray no one will be left. Help us, Lord. We need you and we want to follow you. We don't rely on our plans, but we rely on your leading. Be glorified through our church, we pray, and through your church in our nation and in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. 
for listening to this message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.